Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of What's the Chakkar the flagship podcast of the Chakkar my name is Karan Madhok and I'm the editor and co-founder of the chakkar.com uh, which is an indian arts review a celebration of india's artistic creativity we publish reviews profiles essays and much more on indian music film literature theater art sports and and so much more we also publish creative work like poetry fiction photography and original art so check us out now at the chakkar.com Over the next hour or so I will interview a number of guests on recent trends in music literature and uh TV in India and by TV I mean web series in conversation today we have uh, Adi Manral Shasta Vaishnav and Jamie Alter and we will discuss the evolution of the indie music sound in India the rise of desi hip hop and listen to a brand new song by the rapper Divine we will discuss the critically acclaimed web series Scam 1992 the Harshad Mehta story and we'll dive into books by Samit Basu and DBC Pier about varying tech dystopias so strap in and let's go around the chakkar so i'm here with adi manral uh, one of the co-founders of the chakkar and of course our expert on the indie music scene in this country adi how are you doing thanks for joining me for episode 2 Karan thanks uh, thanks this is uh, thanks for the introduction i'm doing really well uh, new music you know just keeping busy listening to new stuff that's uh, yeah. that's that's coming out and yeah happy to be back so so we'll talk about some of the new stuff uh, eventually but but what i wanted to do for our conversation today is like discuss a little bit more about how the indie scene has changed and evolved over just you know your lifetime how you know uh the, the type of bands that used to be or the bands or um artists that used to be big in the 80s 90s the kind of music they were influenced by up to now because what i remember of my childhood you know music from india either meant bollywood music or it meant um you know the kind of bands that were featured in rsj you know they were often rock bands they were kind of often metal bands and then of course the indie pop scene so so i mean so i want you, you to start like what do you remember of your childhood and the kind of sort of indie scene and, and the kind of music that was big back then yeah i'm it's funny that you mentioned rsj uh, uh because um, that's that's been something that that has existed in in our childhood you know like something from where we could learn about uh, the the bands in india and that that was a time you know if you had a band you you're breaking away from the mainstream music and uh, and had that similar rock and roll vibe that um, the west had uh, at least that's what i understood back then um rsj also had uh, gir which was the great indian rock like one of the the biggest festivals that india has seen and of course the bands were there like you know indiscreed um, um orange street these these bands have have stayed uh, like like you know Indian Oceans, Parikrama, Pentagram, these were the bands that that I heard, uh, and 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 I still hear some of them, which which have stayed on uh, with us even now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's been a shift in that whole culture of you know, big rock and roll bands, big heavy bands. Uh, Parikrama, of course, did a lot of cover stuff, uh, which was even good. Like it, it was great at that time. Like you know, you'd go to one of these IIM IIT festivals and you'd listen to. bands like parikrama you know 
rocking all those cover songs from ACDC and all those rock and roll songs. And it was it was quite um, entertaining and it was groundbreaking. I I I, I would say because nothing else was uh, around. Like uh, other than that, we had uh, Bollywood music. So um, yeah, you you see that shift in that band culture in a in a in a way that you don't have these uh, heavy bands anymore, but you have a lot more music. You mm. you have a lot lot of options uh, to listen to. Uh, thanks to the digital platform, streaming platforms now, you, you everyone uh, ev everyone can be a musician now and, and shares uh, something uh, on these uh, streaming websites. But yeah. Yeah, so we'll get to that. I mean, when you said there's not that many heavy bands anymore, you know, um, by heavy, you know, you, uh, we would say like really hard rock, maybe bands are inspired by Guns N' Roses, maybe bands are inspired by Metallica. Uh, those are the inspirations for a lot of, you know, uh, Indian musicians uh, mm. who were when 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 our age were young, you know. Um, so so why is that? Why is that the case that those heavy bands? I won't say they're not there anymore, but in the sense, their sort of popularity has been diluted by a lot more, right? Yeah, I think a lot of this um, stuff, a lot of art is developed uh, or, or not developed, but but you know, you you get influenced by what's out there. Um, so, so like, like you mentioned some of the names like Guns N' Roses, Metallica, you know, like all, all of that changed. Grunge came, uh, Nirvana came, Pearl Jam came, and then there were bands which were similar to them um, because they were the influence at that point. Right now, the influences have grown in numbers. Um, you, you can choose to go in any direction you want. Uh, the, the, the genres now, are, there's no single genre. It's hard to describe a band's genre these days because they're, they're so experimental. It's so different from what it used to be. Um, and I think like what whatever keeps changing outside of India as well influences the Indian music. And I think the Indian music musicians are also taking that, um, you know, like they're, they're, they're breaking barriers and are able to find music which is unique and genuine and and uh, is honest to who they are so they're, they're yeah they've taken influence from from whatever they listen to but it's 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 a combination of something which isn't out there uh and that's that's why there's a there's a change so what i mean it's not just indian music it's changing everywhere so so what would you say is sort of I mean, as you said there's no it, it's hard to say what is the mid you know the dominant sound now in the indie scene right um, but but what would you say are some of the genres that are rising above the rest? You know, uh, I mean, I know that the, the kind of music you play, the, the, uh, soft rock, it's it, it's it's pretty big to um, bedroom pop. You know, as a genre where uh, a lot of people are creating music, basically literally in their bedrooms, um, is is gaining in prominence. Um, electronic music is gaining prominence, and of course, we'll get to hip hop too. It's gaining prominence or not. Like anything else, I've missed that that you would say as has been noteworthy uh, in terms of its rise in the indie scene i think um, singer songwriters like you 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 mentioned like you know i would consider myself as a singer songwriter it's that's that's somehow uh, been on a rise um, not just india but worldwide uh, people people who are mu making music producing music they tend to call themselves as a singer songwriter um, you know folk folk music something light I don't know, like I, I do hear people like Pratik Kuhara and a lot of musicians like him who, who fall in that same category. Uh, that's on a rise. Uh, apart from that, there's, there's um, you know, fusion electronic music, like the Ritwiz uh, music. 
uh, that's also quite big in India. You keep hearing uh, experimental music uh, where, where, where people experiment uh, with electronic, uh, you know, music. Uh, that's that's also something that you hear a lot these days. Um, yeah. Now, now, one of the things I'm proud of as a sort of fan of hip hop music, fan of rap music, and especially you know, against uh, borrowing hip hop and rap music from the US where it sort of began, uh, has been this very surprising rise of Indian hip hop. You know, it, it it's been uh, kind of wonderful to see. You know. When we were young, like, you know, I call him the comic godfather was Baba Segal. He was rap music of, of India. That was all there was, you know. Uh, or you could have like someone like Apache Indian, who's like, I think he was Indian British. Um, and then over the past 10 years, you know, you had people like uh, Yo-Yo, Hani Singh, Bacha. They, they had some successful crossover hits. But then I felt their music was sort of, you know, a parody of hip hop culture uh, for the Bollywood audience, you know. And would probably be be pretty annoying actually, um, but mm. I felt that the movement really sort of gained steam with uh, the, the, what is now called the gully rap. You know, from the, the, these rappers from Mumbai like Divine, Nazi, these other rappers who sort of I I felt they ushered in something that was felt very authentic to me. You know, they were inspired by American hip hop culture, but they had their own stories to tell in their own language, and they did in the true spirit of rap like. They made it as an underground phenomena, telling their, you know, their quote-unquote hood stories. Um, so, I mean, you must have seen the video for Meri Gali Me. It was a big hit, uh, Nazi and Divine, uh, where they actually shot it in the Bastis, in the slums in Mumbai. It went viral. Um, I felt, I mean, the, the Divine story, of course, became the basic framework of Gully Boy, which was such a huge hit. Uh, it was a year and a half ago now. Um, and then, you know, so many other rappers have emerged whether they're indians indian, indian americans raja kumari kid shot uh prabdeep who's very talented krishna swadesi um from from shillong you have khasi bloods meba ophelia then you have uh, rappers like uh amir who's a kashmiri rapper very politically charged so stuff like that is like i'm really glad to see that in 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 india and it's becoming close to mainstream you know the and they're rapping in other languages, they're rapping in Hindi, Punjabi, Kannada, Tamil, Marathi, in Khasi, like all of that stuff. Um, it brings me back to Divine. I, f- I feel that Divine is sort of, uh, he is the best right now of, of the Indian rappers. I'm, I mean, there's a lot of competition, but he's doing it so well. He got signed by Mass Appeal, uh, which is a label that was founded by Nas. Nas is, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. So it's amazing to see the guy who's like, can you imagine like one of the greatest in the, in the art form picking an Indian and, and signing on him, uh, signing him onto his label. Uh, in uh, Divine just released his second album, Punya Pap, just a few weeks ago. And it actually has a song with him and Nas, they, they collaborate. So it's uh, it's really cool to see that. Um, mm. I don't know, like from your opinion, I know you're not traditionally a hip hop fan, but, but from the sense of the fact that it's coming so organically from India. How, how does that make you feel as someone who generally enjoys the growth of the Indian indie scene? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I won't call myself a diehard fan, but I'm I'm an observer and I appreciate whatever is happening. And and good music is good music. You you cannot ignore it, <laughs> whether it's hip hop or a metal song or a gazelle. You know, like you, mm-hmm. if it's good, it's good. And um and you know just I I also go back to what uh, you had mentioned and growing up and and the music that we were you know um, that 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 we would hear back then and in the nineties, mm-hmm. 
the pop scene as as it was termed like everything was pop and baba cycle was there apache yeah. indian was there mm-hmm. and all of that somehow it disappeared down the line and and again like everything started uh, you know reemerging and um, rj and all the efforts that that's been put in the in the indie scene in india as we call it uh, you you see hip hop uh, coming up as as well but but the, if it's it's interesting that you if you, if you notice that it happened when when uh, when we when we had a little bit of support from bollywood as well mm. so so you know mainstream isn't as bad as what we think like everybody keeps saying like indie um bollywood the two separate wings it 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 has to uh, you know merge it has to support each other it it has to be that one industry that that does does it and uh, for hip hop like at least that's how everyone noticed it like with with mm-hmm. the the movie that you mentioned mm-hmm. you know everybody noticed what was going on like there's a whole scene there are people who are die hard fans loyal to mm-hmm. to divine uh, you know like to 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 all these uh, hip hop artists uh, they they have their own following who are religiously like you know uh following these guys uh, to the core and uh, and and with this new song i enjoyed it i really liked it i lo- i love the video i i love the track um it's 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 done really well in fact all the all the songs that uh, that divine has been coming out uh, has been has been amazing and not just him like 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 so many good artists you've mentioned it in in the hip hop scene um prabdeep like i i remember watching him live he was exceptionally good uh he could hold the audience and uh, i i was uh, yeah i had a great time watching watching them and i'm i'm enjoying as an observer uh and and slowly converting into a do you know to be to towards becoming a fan of some of these artists is mm-hmm. it's incredible to see the scene growing yeah so we'll finish with the song you mentioned the song we chose for this month is divine's mera bhai um it's like this wonderfully integrated form of you know loose storytelling rap i love storytelling rap uh, it it sort of mm-hmm. follows the traditions of a lot of other great american rappers one thing i like about divine is that he's he is he sees himself with the confidence that he's in competition with the best rappers in the world not just best, not he's he's not limiting himself to the indian tradition you know he's bringing the american tradition to india and vice versa um mm-hmm. so this video sort of makes it very personal it's an animated video where he himself divine himself is buried in the grave and we are told to believe that yeah. it's his childhood friend uh, his his brother his bhai of sorts who has led mm-hmm. to his demise uh i now won't spoil yeah. the twist in the song and the video but needless to say mm-hmm. it is a sharp aggressive very personal song and um, definitely one of the best he's written so uh yeah so so we'll end the session adi with a uh, and we we'll listen to the new divine track it's called mera bhai all right thanks karan मैं और मेरा भाई सिर्फ मैं और मेरा भाई इन मुश्किलों के बीच कौन सिर्फ मैं और मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई सिर्फ मैं और मेरा भाई इन बुजदिलों के बीच कौन सिर्फ मैं और मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई 
मेरा भाई बोले तो हार्डशिप्स हसल की बातचीत हो या बसों की बैकसीट बदसूरत मार्कशीट हमें पसंद थी मारपीट वन टू का फोर बोले वटा के कारकीस बटे के दिन से भी भी जैसी नीस गांधीस काले थे बादल अभी धूप में है पार्टीज रात के चक्कर में दोनों करते थे पार्टी ना कोई बंदे से कम थे ना कोई बंदे से कम है साथ भी अच्छे लम तो तो दोस्ती में दम है भाई मेरा फंसा तो ऑटोमेटिक हम है स्टिकी हुआ सीन तो ऑटोमेटिक गम है राइड करते साथ केक किसका कटे हम स्लाइस करते हाफ टाइम बोते हार्ड अब हम स्वाइप करते कार मैं और मेरा भाई माँ का संहार बापू दिए मार माँ ने दिए लार होशियार होने के चक्कर में मत खोना होशियार नफरत कितना भी हो जाए मिटा देता उसको तेरा प्यार हम मैं मेरा भाई बंदे हम है चार अच्छे इतिहास हक से खुद पे नाश मैं मेरा भाई बंदे हम है चार अच्छे इतिहास हक से खुद पे नाश मैं और मेरा भाई 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 रैप संगीत के दीवाने कोई नहीं आया सिखाने खुद सीखे खुद लिखे भूत के बिल किया हमने आया एम्पायर तू गेम में नहीं है सिर्फ उंगली उठाता तू थकेला एम्पायर हम सेम भी नहीं है बॉम्बे रैप को डाले मैप पे हम असली है मसाया अशीशे के सामने हम हाथ घुमाते गानों को रट्टा फिर कर करके गाते जूते भी सेम हम एक जैसा लाते गैंग भी सेम हम दोनों बनाते दुश्मन भी सेम हम दोनों बनाते भूखे पेट अभी हम सोने नहीं जाते सीखते हम कभी ना किसी से हारे आंटी नहीं कहती है लड़के बेकार है क्यूँ खुद में विश्वास खुद से ही प्यार ये सापो के जंगल में खुद मेरे साथ खुद मेरा खास ये सापो के जंगल में खुद मेरे साथ खुद मेरा खास अब खुद मेरा भाई इंसान दो के पास मैं खुद मेरा भाई इंसान दो के पास मैं और मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई मैं और मेरा भाई So I'm here with Shasta Vashnov uh, to talk about some of the books we've been reading over the past month. Shasta, how are you doing? Hi, Karan. I'm fine. It's great to be here. <laughs> so Shasta uh, has been a copywriter for the past 16 years, um, an avid reader, of course. Uh, and and she's she said she would ra- rather be an author than a copywriter, which won't be. I mean, that's the dream for all of us, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm the writer रिलेटेबिलिटी I read um, DBC Pears Meanwhile in Dopamine City and you read uh, I read Chosen Spirits by Samit Basu Okay um yeah so uh, I'm so Chosen Spirits so, so Samit Basu himself is uh, is one of India's is India's only fantasy uh, science fiction writer actually who okay. uh, who who sort of combines the genres and he comes up with all these new worlds and he's very highly recommended as an mm-hmm. indian author 
So this particular book is, as he describes it, it's an anti-dystopian novel, but it's, a, it's actually a dystopian novel. And he describes it as a best case scenario for our future. So uh, he happened to write it, the, he happened to finish the last draft in January of 2020 mm. before the pandemic hit us. Okay. And the book, it's, it's as if he knew what was going to happen. It's, a, it's, it's, he's, it's very, very prescient. Hmm. Uh, it's it's as if he was writing about 10 years later, but it's actually happening two weeks later. It's oh. like that. Hmm. So uh, I'll give you a small summary. Hmm. So the book is set in Delhi of the late 2020s. It's it's even more smog choked. It's, le- you know, water shortages. And it's very, very politically charged. Hmm. And here we meet a reality controller or, or a producer, in a modern day producer, who is in charge of a popular and problematic celebrity. And there in that world, um, social media is called flow. Like uh, uh, it's called a flow, basically, or Instagram, TikTok. It's like a much bigger version of that. And, uh, you know, as they go about trying to navigate this competitive flow world, there's this, uh, you know, backdrop of underground protests, riots, all of that happening, much more than what's happening today, if you see the farmers protests, etc. And in, in all this, uh, Joey happens to rescue her childhood friend, Rudra, from this elite, super elite uh, family, which has this horrific underground uh, secret life. And, uh, you know, she sort of takes him into the company. And then all these things follow, including a company takeover, a sex scandal, you know, a lot of betrayal. And all of it disintegrates, not just their lives, but also the invisible walls that divide Delhi Hmm. and to find the lives they need to sort of save the world as so to speak they must reckon with people and forces that who are beyond their understanding so in a world where trust is impossible because you know every wall has eyes they're being surveyed all the time and it's it's a very different it's different but yet it's very very recognizable because Mm -hmm. it's what's happening already so that's chosen spirits (laughs) I think from what you, from what you've literally summarized, this doesn't sound dystopian, utopian, or futuristic at all. This sounds like present day twenty twenty. Um, yes. And it's interesting when you said anti dystopian, I thought utopian, and I was like, I don't want to read about utopia. Those no. are boring. But <laughs> but unfortunately, dystopias are here and they're interesting. So so this book, yes. it sounds like. I don't know. Did did you read uh, Prayag Akbar's Leila or did you see the show? It sounds. Yes, I have. I have. It is yeah. very reminiscent of Leila in many ways. So there are. The, everybody has a smart tattoo, which is basically like your Fitbit or your Apple Watch, but it's like tattooed into your skin, and it's always mm-hmm. showing you uh, when you're stressed or when you're angry, and you know it's sending you meditation automatically and things like that, oh, which wow. are very much on the way. You know, mm-hmm. like. It's very, it's very reminiscent of Leila, except Leila was more about the mixed marriages and the whole, you know, but the milieu, the, the setting is exactly like Leila, the pollution, the, mm. the crazy slums, the disparity between the rich and poor. It's very, very, uh, very similar. So, uh, but of course, I mean, uh, a lot of it is science fiction also, like this, these entire meetings happen in virtual reality. Okay. where everybody just meets in these like obviously in these virtual places and mm-hmm. in their avatars and then okay. they sort of have these huge conversations and everything which 
it is science fiction but it's also happening right like when we yeah. do our zoom meetings etc we also change our backgrounds nowadays we have our own avatars so it's, it's and uh, and i mean that even pre pandemic pre zoom um programs like second life i don't know if you've heard of those they where, where yes. you you basically you have your avatar and then you go out and you live in these fake worlds you know so exactly so this actually sounds it, it yeah it, it doesn't even sound like sci-fi to me it just sounds like future prediction to me you know unfortunately yeah it is it is it is so Definitely. so so what would you say oh sorry please go on no no sorry uh, because samit pasu himself says that this is the best case scenario it's mm. it's the best case now it's not uh it, it's it's not fake it's actually going to happen and it's going to be much worse than this yeah. so he actually describes it as the best case scenario wow that's depressing <laughs> now the yeah, <laughs> now what ends up happening with a lot of um, dystopian novels let's just call it dystopian you know um yeah is that uh they can either you know it, it's very rare to be both literary and sci-fi or sci-fi dystopian right because you you spend so much time creating the world that you don't actually have so much time in creating uh the depth language. of characters language depth, depth of characters emotions yes. you know um yes. how does he handle that balance because i have also tried to write dystopian short stories in the past for example you know and it's it's very tricky because by the time you are setting the rules of the world you are you've already sort of lost the interest in the actual human emotion of things no this is a great question because this was one of my criticisms of the book because i feel like a he's packed too much into one novel uh where he's trying to you know set up the background and the characters so much that the characters lose steam after a while like the main the protagonist joey there's so much more she can be and throughout the character she's built up, uh, throughout the novel her character is built up as this um you know fabulous can uh, reality controller the best at her job etc etc but we never really see why mm. you know so there are a lot of shortcomings in the characters there are a lot of i mean i wouldn't say it's beautifully crafted you know you're right it's a lot packed into one novel because there's so many ideas mm. but having said that uh it's a very important book because you can instantly see uh samit basu's political leanings because he he's very left and you can make out because the way he's spoken about what's happening with the protests with the he speaks about shaheen bag etc right into the novel mm. so um it's an important book because he really shows what life will be like if nothing changes now and many of those paragraphs are well crafted mm. so there he's got into you know some level of craft and depth but i feel yeah definitely he loses out on character depth for many of the others like rudra joey their characters don't really evolve they're sort of disappointing at least mm. to me so well but as you said i i'm just really glad that as a big fan of the genre as you know as someone who grew up on george orwell like you know anyone who yeah. reads would have yeah. i i'm so excited that uh, india ha- is having novels like this one and like leila like sort of just pushing the boundaries uh and ultimately these novels are political right so i'm glad that uh, the politics is being discussed in a fictional way this way you know Um, yes it that's a, that is a, that's what i mean it's an important book i wish more people would read it and understand it uh or, because sometimes and and he is saying so many things that the voices are sort of blending into each other like mm. characters are blending into each other because they all have these monologues to to oh. deliver yeah 
but uh, they're all important monologues that's what i would like to say so yeah. uh, so uh, what i read is also a near future novel mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. very different in tone um and uh, it's sort of supposed to be a comedy i guess but uh, i mean you be the judge of that when i try to explain it to you um, sure, sure. The, the novel is called um, meanwhile in dopamine city by dbc peer so peer mm-hmm. is the author of bornen god little which you know in 2003 won the yes. booker prize personally yes. one of the funniest books i've ever read i would rank it among the top 3 like just pure comedies you know even though it's oh, wow. it's really sad it's about like the life of a it's like life of a teenager whose best friend in a teenager in texas whose best friend uh, came into school did a school shooting shot shot a bunch of the classmates and then killed himself and so this was 2003 this is like sort of right after columbine uh, in in the us um, okay. the subject is pretty morbid but because the, the the narrator's voice is really hilarious this is young teenager who's super influenced by eminem this is peak eminem years also so he mm-hmm. sort of like the absurdity of this whole thing and the comedy and the way this kid tries to explain it it just makes it a comic classic so so this is 2003 you know and dbc peer ever since then like many great sort of artists you do your best work in the beginning and you sort of peter out after that he hasn't really written anything that's worth classic material since right. um he he's, he's always has a very unique voice it can be kind of irritating to to some readers i enjoy it because he's always takes a risk like that um okay. and that's what this book is meanwhile in dopamine city is more or less an extension you know of his beard sort of thinking of beard's beard thinking it's about okay. a man named uh, lonnie kush who is a mm-hmm. single parent and lives in a fictional big city that is dominated by a fictional big tech company called the octagon uh it's the mm-hmm. kind of place that where almost everyone is directly or indirectly involved with the same company so you think amazon google like that you know uh but lonnie himself he's a he's a sanitation worker so he's sort of he somehow managed to stay off the grid he he doesn't even like look into uh, like you know he's not that techly tuned in you know but he's a single dad he's got two kids including a 9 year old daughter shelby who's very demanding and he's struggling with her a lot so there's an incident very early in novel where he slaps his daughter over a small like incident and that slap sets up you know social services being called on him and sets up like child's rights stuff called on him and eventually he's encouraged to buy his daughter a smartphone and that's when the novel sort of changes he gets her a smartphone and he gets into the smartphone world himself you know so like basically the novel breaks through after the one third part where it sort okay. of becomes something i've never read before it splits into two parts on the same page every page has a left hand section and a right hand section oh. uh, the left hand section is the first person narrative from either lonnie shelby lonnie's son egan his mother in law other characters you know and they're trying to deal with the right. character with the challenges of the real world the right side is basically a stream of quick news flashes like you know condensed google okay. news stories or like long twitter tweets you know like stuff like that so basically yeah. there's stories about celebrities memes viral incidents influencer stuff online celebrity stuff like stuff like that so mm-hmm. i think what beer wanted was us to sort of read this in a distracted way where like the author is kind of showing us how we lead our lives you know we are le- we're doing one thing but our mind is always on our phone we're always distracted by the news or just yeah. meaningless stuff sometimes you know so even though in the real yeah. life there's you know he's having issues with his children there's riots in the neighborhood the surveillance issues he has this like he's always distracted so i'll just like read one paragraph because it's it's sort of how it begins sure. how it changes from one part to the next you know um 
he opened both eyes looked looked at the bedroom window then at the screen one was real life the other was the future or something one was here and now the other was something else information a binary life had started so from that on the novel becomes a binary novel you know um wow it's, it's that's very, a great format it's very creative but that's all i can say about it <laughs> honestly it's very great honestly i love the 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 new scroll i loved it more than the actual story because there's a lot yeah. of inside jokes that correspond to the real narrative sometimes you know there's a lot of stuff that's very realistic to our world there's a very funny narrative about somebody getting pregnant over discarded tissue in a hotel room and that becomes a new story new cycle uh then there's this narrative about uh these terrorist cells trying to recruit young girls off the internet to join them there's about a pop mm-hmm. star who's like a role model for young girls but she makes a lot of questionable decisions so there's stuff like that which is very interesting but right what i felt the problem with the book was that it was just the story about loni and his family was just not compelling enough you know if the intention if the author's intention was to have us more interested in the fictional news side he completely succeeded like i remembered that more than the actual narrative of the novel you know i didn't care about the human side of things so much i didn't care about the quote unquote real life as much of of the story yeah but i think this is really uh, uh innovative like i've seen a lot of innovative formats i've read a whole novel be- which is only emails or mm. only sms but this is really innovative because this is making the point very uh, you know strongly like yeah. you're distracted while reading and this is exactly how it is yeah so uh, i would just i would only like to check it out for this format actually uh, you know it's so it, and that's the thing I, i don't think you will leave this book thinking like wow i read like a great book but you will just be like sort of amused by what the experience you've been through and unfortunately sort of amused is all i can say about tbc peers career post <laughs> post his first novel like it's been you know he's written i've read a couple other novels he wrote and they're fine they're just interesting he he's always takes risks which is what i like about him and uh, right. he's almost like trolling the reader or challenging the reader um but as i said the it it it, it doesn't stand strong enough to be considered deemed a classic right yeah i i get it no but i would still definitely like to check it out it sounds interesting um and i want to also read out something from my book if that's okay oh yeah yeah please do <laughs> it's it's very few lines mm-hmm. um and i highlighted quite a few passages but uh, this one is the most uh, you know telling of the book mm-hmm. so it says dystopia is pornographic olamina you see it and shiver but it's also kind of fun because it's happening somewhere else to someone else you know it requires distance some of us are actually sitting in the middle of it and we may never learn to care in time this isn't dystopia this is reality mm. wow and i mean uh, at the end of the day the 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 novels we both chose somehow were comments commentary either uh, like mine which is kind of light or or like yours which was politically sounds like very deep and troubling yeah um, yeah but but they've also set it right in the middle of uh, social media right because social media is the biggest uh, uh, sort of it's yeah it's the big it's bigger than it is now even mm. then and the, it's it's all like the backdrop is this whole flow star flow yeah. star universe or the flowverse as they call it 
Hmm. And uh, social media has basically taken over everything. So everyone's conforming. Everyone's even more dependent on it than they are now. Hmm. So that way, the the thread is very clear. Uh, yeah. You know, between our two novels, and it's strange that we both chose novels on a social media based reality or future, or rather. Yeah. It's it's the strange world we live in, where we have to. We we all need social media, and we all need the internet. Yeah. Obviously, you know we'll be promoting this podcast on social media, right? Yeah, uh, I know. But, but at the same time, it, it's it's this world where we sort of have to fight the distractions. You know, I mean, my takeaway from the DBCPR novel was really to be more in the moment. You know, uh, yes, the, the the narrative scroll of the the right hand of the page, as interesting as it is, it's not life. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, so so I'll just recap. Uh, you read "Chosen Spirits" by Samit Basu, and I yes. read "Meanwhile in Dopamine City" by DBC Pierre. Uh, you guys can ch- check out these books, or if you have any other new books that you guys want to recommend to us, um, please do feel free to, um, to 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 write to us online. Uh, check out thechakra.com, and we'll have we'll return with a couple more books, uh, Shasta, next month. Yes, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Karan. You too. So I'm here with Jamie Alter. Jamie, of course, is a well-known sports journalist, author, actor, YouTuber, and uh, for our case, uh, uh, you know, a heavy contributor to the Chakkar. I think you've written for our website. I think apart from me as the editor, you have probably contributed to us more than anybody else. So um, thank you for joining us, Jamie. How are you doing? I'm very well, Karan. Thanks for having me. Yes, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time writing for the Chakkar. And uh, I want to thank you because you've allowed me to write beyond cricket. I think very few of my pieces, maybe if only one is on sports, I've been allowed to write my short stories, uh, very basic short stories. You allowed me to do reviews of movies and, you know, tributes to actors who passed away. So, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed my time working with you and collaborating with you for the Chakkar. Now, speaking of reviews, um, l- let's get right to it. You know, uh, you recently uh, wrote for us a review of Scam 1992, the Harshad Mehta story, which has sort of become the, you know, the, the, the bell of the ball of, of Indian streaming the last few months. I think uh, recently a story came out just maybe yesterday or day before that it was ranked uh, the, the highest ranked streaming series in India this year. You know? Harshad Shantilal Mehta. Big bull. Man of integrity. B.S.C. ka bachchan hai bachchan. Is he an idiot? Harshad is a hero. Fraud. Yeah, Harshad Mehta bachchan hai ko. Share market. Uh, now, I haven't seen it personally, but obviously everything I've heard about it has been wonderful and you wrote a review about it. It was published... Um, uh, it, about the first or second week of this month on our website. Uh, that, that was really complimentary, not only of the show, but speci- of, uh, of specific actors about in the show, you know? So um, before I g- get started, you know, uh, to sort of ask you more about this show, I just want to uh, introduce people to who may not know about, you know, Scam 1992. Uh, it's on Sony Live. It's one of the originals. It's a crime drama web series directed by Hansel Mehta. Uh, based on the true life 1992 Indian stock market scam committed by the stockbroker Harshad Mehta. Of course, do not confuse those two names. Uh, the, the series is adapted from journalist Sucheta Dalal and Debashish Basu's 1992 book, The Scam, Who Won, Who Lost, Who Got Away. 
it stars in uh, a breakout performance Pratik Gandhi along with Shreya Dhanwantari, Hemant Kher, Nikhila Dwedi and just like a whole cast of actors who really take you back in you know to the 90s. So you are a 90s affectionado more than anyone else I know on planet earth. 90s India is this it's in your pocket you know. Uh, before we start, talk about this show, do you have memories of the real scam? I was too young to know about this. Do you have memories of this actual scam, the news breaking? I do have memories, Karan. And in fact, I was I was going to ask you, I mean, I'm, I know that you're a few years younger than me, so I wasn't sure whether you would even ask this question, but I'm glad you did. Um, 1992, I was, I actually spent the summer in back in Missouri, Landauer where the two of us are very fortunate to have a home. So mm-hmm. I remember certain certain uh, newspaper clippings and DD News running things. But uh, then uh, in August of 1992, I moved back to Bombay. And then from 92 to 95, I was very much in Bombay. So had I not been in Bombay, I probably would have not got the news. As you can imagine, Vaisi News takes its, takes its sweet time to come to Landauer. Mm-hmm. And Landauer of 1992, pre-internet, just one new channel, economic liberalization was just starting. So I have, uh, in fact, the India Today cover story of Harshad Mehta standing in that swanky office overlooking Nariman Point at South Bombay. That is very much ingrained in my head, mm-hmm. as are many, many black and white grainy clips of him coming out of jail in the in, in uh, Times of India and various newspapers back in, back in Bombay. So yes, of course, that's it. I do not because I would have been about 11 years old, 12 years old. I don't know the nitty gritties, but we knew that this guy was a very much rags to riches story. A guy who had conned as according to the media had conned pretty much the whole nation. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was definitely painted as, as the bad guy. Um, but to be very honest with you, Karan, from that time, you know, I don't even remember when, when he died because post 1995, when I went back to Woodstock and I graduated there four years later, then I just blanked out. So it was very cool to watch the show again and say, yeah, I remember this picture. There was a him and his lawyer, Ram Jade Malani with a suitcase outside. So all these, all these images flash back. But beyond that, it was very cool to learn more about him and then how his downfall was. Mm-hmm. Because the downfall was, I wouldn't say it was, it was very, very sudden, but it was very dramatic. Um, so a lot of it was just, you know, huh, I remember that headline. I remember this case, a few names popped up. Um, but again, like I said, I was 11 years old, so I did not know the bigger picture. It, it's, I think what I find fascinating about the success of the show is that, so for example, even if I had remembered, I didn't, I was too young. I would have just been too bored by the story. Like to me, it, it wouldn't have mattered to me as a child, um, you know, w- what's happening in the financial world, even though obviously it matters to us, but as a kid, you don't think about it, right? Um, Absolutely. But that said, I, I, so, so I, I, I might have carried that same sort of, um, I won't say distaste, but the same sort of um, uninterest towards this story if, uh, if I just heard about a, sh- a show coming out about this, because I would have thought to myself, why, why would I watch this when there's so many, so many other shows out there, right? But apparently they do such a good job. It's so entertaining. It's so well acted that they really pull you in. Now, what in your opinion makes this show? I mean, we'll talk about the acting later, but beyond in the storytelling, what makes this show so compelling that, that the average person who may not even care about this new story or the financial world can be pulled in? I think to start off by answering your question, Karan, we have to look at the landscape of 2020 and the Indian OTT scene. This, to, to my mind, this is the year when OTT really broke out. It's been around India for a few years, 
But with the lockdown, things really changed. And we've seen in the last, what are we, in the last 11 and a half, 12 months, 11 months, we've seen such a range of show shows come out. If we're able to appreciate a Mirzapur 2 or a Jam Tara or a Asur or a Arya or a Panchayat, and then a show like Scam 992, I think why this pulled in people in a year of, I mean, as much as I liked uh, Pata Lok and Mirzapur 2 and Jam Tara, this along with Panchayat are two very different shows given that landscape I spoke about. Gali Galoch thoda hai, but there's no violence, there's no bhaiyas in jeeps there's no delhi police it's <laughs> it's very different uh, it is a show exactly for the same reasons you mentioned it could have easily just not even connected because you know hey what's why is a show about the stock market stretched over 10 episodes what is why is that um, calling out to the viewers but because this year the landscape has been so vast and so entertaining i think it was a perfect year maybe in 2018 the show scam 992 may not have gotten as much appreciation as much airplay as it did in this year right mm. it came out post the lockdown so i think that also was a factor but because people's the Indian OTD audience had been opened up to such a, a variety of, of choices. This came in like a whiff of fresh air, all said and done, right? I myself do not know, you know, the S of the stock market, but for those same memories, ah, I want to see where this goes. Plus the actor, Pratik Gandhi, when the first, when the first trailer came out, his face wasn't shown, just his back. You're like, this actor. Then you realize it's not, you know? So I was one compelled to see what who is this guy? Second, what is Hansel Mehta doing, taking a break from... He made one web series before this, uh, mm -hmm. Bose. But what is a man who's really excelled and made a name for himself making movies? What is he doing now in the in the OTT space? Who is Jay Mehta? Why are there so many Mehtas involved, right? <laughs> and it turns out Jay Mehta and Hansel Mehta are related, you know? So it's directed by, by a father and son duo. So things like this were really what pulled me in. And I think the fact that it's so well made, the buzz caught on. We're in the we're in the we're in the era of social media. You know, 150 good social media posts can really create a buzz. But the buzz in this case was actually, you know, what this is a damn good show, which has taken a break from the whole Gali Gloch violent theme, and it's 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 just compelled people to watch. Third thing is current. It has taken. This is what I mentioned in my review. It's taken a fairly large slice of really postmodern India or post you know economic the boom and made it relevant and fresh. 1992 was not that long ago, right? Harshad Mehta died in 2001. 2001 seems like it was last month, you know? <laughs> um, so all these things factored together were, I think, why people would have flocked to watch, watch this show. And uh, so one thing that uh, stuck with me from, um, from what you said is how this is different from the shows th that are being made this year or made in recent years. I think... Um, I like to call it the, the Gangs of Wasipur effect in Indian um, entertainment, is that what Gangs of Wasipur did was it made it okay to, to have a quality story about violence and about the badlands, as they call it. They call it the badlands, I call it home. I'm from that part of the country. So uh, now what's happened since is there have been so many copycat shows, right? Or copycat stories to the Wasipur, you know, uh, you mentioned Mirzapur. And, and, and some have been great and some have been not so great. I, I've enjoyed shows like Mirzapur and Patalok a lot. But now what this show did was it didn't take the easy way out. It didn't just say, oh, here's a story about lust and violence and blood and, you know, and just like the primal sort of entertaining factors. It, it, we're going to entertain you in a more in intelligent fashion or we're going to challenge you almost to entertain you. 
what do you feel this show says about um you know maybe the future of the kind of stories that could be told to the indian audiences like it took a risk and it succeeded absolutely and uh, the main line of the of the main character is about you know risk hai to ishq hai mm-hmm. uh, and again exactly for like the reason what we've, we we've just outlined in a year in a year uh, like t- the 2020 where path patha lok was perhaps the best show made um but it did follow a certain template in the sense that a lot of shows now of the last 5 years and movies 10 years have now moved to delhi kind of getting a saturation point where do we need to see delhi again right this for one took the focus back to bombay mumbai you know which for the no other city no other landscape has been so vastly covered on film you know then then bombay mumbai whatever you want to call it so there was one departure from that and it took you back to a bombay which really resonates for so many people you're talking about me in 90s i know so many people like me you know who who are in the creative field who are not in the creative field but they resonate with with that bombay so i think the risk was yes we realized that this can really capture a certain part of our audience so that was one risk because like i said be it a delhi crime or a patal lok or a simple murder even mirzapur that whole north belt has been really become the hot point since gangs of wasipur like you very rightly said that was one factor then again like i go back to panchayat when panchayat came out in like march it for me was like a whiff of fresh air there's not i think there's one one gali in the whole thing you know no one gets slapped no one gets slapped uh, there's no blood spilling so shows like panchayat and scam 92 breaking away from what we've seen in the last 2 years is a risk but it shows that if your writing is good if your casting is good i think you know we talk about current about acting so well isn't casting as important now as acting and this is what the ott landscape has done it's it's put a focus back on writing it's a word i don't like to use but it's put a focus back on content it's given people a like hansel hansel mehta and his whole team to write some to craft something which i don't think would have been possible literally 2 years ago mm. so these are factors which i think uh, drew people in and gave the show eyeballs and uh, speaking of casting you know it 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 was i think one of the reasons the show succeeded was it cast a lot of people i mean beyond the main actor it cast a lot of other actors who were very familiar faces from the 90s so it was almost effortlessly it put you in that zone you know here these older actors who you haven't seen for a while so you are you know so you remember those um, those days again right absolutely and that's that's something that i touched upon for me you know obviously the 90s connection the bombay mumbai connection growing up watching these faces these are actors which some are still around but a lot of them you have not been seen to my mind on screen mamik was amir khan's older brother ratan lal sharma in jyotida uh, wishkandar how many of us have seen him in the in you know this film came out about 1991 same time how many of us have seen him beyond that i'm sure he's done work but someone like me i have not seen him for years the man is there for one scene we're like are yaar where would he have been in 1992 you know then someone like a vivek vaswani who co-produced so many of shahrukh khan's early movies he was doing tv shows and films you know anant mahadevan you know these are actors who were around there so for me it gave the show a very lived in authentic feel they're not they're not the main players by any regards in, in the show but they add that extra bit of ha bhai agar ye wo character play kar raha hai to it feels like yes we've been taken back to the mid 90s um so that was one thing i like second thing you know me in bollywood music the way they ended so many episodes i know you've not seen it but certain episodes the last few the last few seconds 
then you hear a song and the hindi film songs they've chosen majority are from 1992 yeah. so they've paid that much detail be it ye zindagi hai ik jua or that song from vishwatma which came out in 92 as well wo aayega toofan these are cheesy very cheesy bollywood songs but they fit so well in setting the mood of 1992 in bombay one more reason why i said yeah this is a really fun show um yeah i think the music and soundtrack makes such a big difference to shows like this because it's sort of a unsaid way of showing emotion you know and 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 especially i mean in this case it almost served as a time capsule right it took you back in, into those days so before i let you go jimmy um i want to mention because we were talking about sh- shows that took risks in in writing and content you yourself a part of a show very recently that took a risk in writing and content and that's called absource a very unique very different show I mean I can't believe it exists almost you know it's so it's especially in India it's so different it's like an existential black comedy drama a comedy about death you know um and you played the very excellent doctor goldfish so before i let you go uh you need to answer these questions are we getting a second season is there going to be a return of of the great doctor uh does not look like it i was very keen because those of you who watched the show know that the, not a cliffhanger but the final scene almost one of the final scenes is when doctor goldfish gets pulled out of a tight squeeze by a very influential person in a different you know in a in a foreign country um so i was very thrilled and there were some murmurs while we were shooting but me and the three writers would spend a lot of time you know downtime as you do on sets and i said guys the way you set it up mera to banta hai as season 2 like yeah yeah if we do it you know we'll shoot overseas in certain countries but we're very honest uh there they haven't planned it uh anything yet because unlike many other shows they only wrote it for one season and it took them about 6 years to put together so the turnover the turnover time would not be enough for them to do a second season um they've not said no the writers but as of now there's nothing planned i can say that much well it was a fantastic show i would recommend our listeners to check out of source 2 uh and especially check out our favorite dr goldfish uh jamie thank you so much for 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 joining us on the podcast today and um Yeah, uh we hope to see you. We hope to read your work. Um you, you you're all over the internet basically. So so it's not that difficult to find. Thanks a lot, Jamie. Thank you, Garan. Enjoy myself. Thank you. So I want to thank all our guests for joining us today and for all the listeners who tuned in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please check us out on thechakkar.com and on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter on at the chakkar until next time chakkar ghumte raho <laughs>